Hi guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Nick Egan Science. We have an awesome guest. We have Bianca Woolwick, who's a fellow podcaster who launched her own podcast. Please don't kick me out. Food Obsessed Digital Marketer, University of North Colorado, sorry, in 2010 with a double bachelor in arts in journalism and communications and was once in a viral video with Demi Lovato, who was her driver. Welcome, Bianca, and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, it is nice to be here. I appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, how's it all going over there? Uh, well, right before we hit record, you know, I was telling you that we're in my neck of the woods, you know, it's your day ahead of me. I'm in the United States. Um, we just had the inauguration. So no more of that. We're happy about that here in America. So it's going well. <laughs> Exciting. Um, all right, let's just jump straight into it. For the listeners, who is Bianca Woolwick? I am uh, a woman in my 30s. I am a military spouse. I am married to a lieutenant in the Navy. I live in San Diego, California. Um, I think I might have just mentioned that. Um, I'm a dog mom and uh, I love talking to people. I have the gift of gab. And so you mentioned that I had, I was in a video with Demi Lovato. I just kind of have that personality where like uh, casting directors or whatever, like they usually pick me like most recently, I was on the Drew Barrymore show. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a goofball. And you worked as a, um assistant on production on the Gordon Ramsay show. How was that? It was bizarre. I mean, I got the job through a Tinder match. Uh, my friend JC, who's still my friend to this day, and I... I I was just in charge of like blocking his trailers and making sure like no one in this t tiny mountain town would like come and bug him. And he gave me a hug at one point. Um, it was weird, <laughs> but he was a really nice guy. Um, I was in the back. I had to do dishes and stuff. Um, you know, when you do PA work, you kind of have to do whatever they tell you to do. It was my first and only time doing it, um, but it was really interesting experience. Interesting. All right, take us back. Tell me about your family first. Um, I am, uh, well, I'm, I've, I am one of two. My sister is four years older than me. My parents are high school sweethearts. They've been married since the seventies. Um, I think they're celebrating 45 years this year, I want to say. Um, and, uh, they're kind of, their whole goal was you meet the person you're meant to be with, you move on, you start your own family, um, but don't have kids because, you know, we want them, you know, have them because you want them. My husband and I are dog people and we're not, you know, going to have children. My husband and I met four years ago. We've been married for four years in October. We were married by an Elvis in Vegas um, because that was my wow. dream wedding. And um, I'm, my in-laws live about two hours north of me. I'm in San Diego, close to Mexico border. My husband, my husband's family is about two hours north, right outside Anaheim in like near Disneyland. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close with, uh, them and, uh, yeah, that's kind of my family life. <laughs> Tell me about the Elvis. I find that interesting because I've seen it on the movies and stuff. What's the actual process of it? What is it actually like in real life? It's wild. Okay. So if you're military, which my husband, you know, he wore his whites and they give you, they give you like a service. So we did, we chose a drive through wedding because I'd seen it when I was like 15 on the Travel Channel and I was like, that's wild, like so funny. Like I wanna do that. My parents always told me to elope, so I did. And uh, so I, I had this idea of like the pink Cadillac Elvis 
you know, Elvis in the jumpsuit kind of thing. I didn't get Elvis in the jumpsuit. I got cocaine 70s Elvis, and his show pants were unclipped. He, like, rolls on up. He's late to the wedding, by the way. I don't think he knew he was performing. He rolls on up with, like, this little speaker, and he just, like, mumbles the whole time. We had vows. He, like, didn't – he ignored the vows. Like – he started singing the song Teddy Bear, which I didn't know those lyrics or know the song. And he kept like giving us the mic and being like, and he'd be like, it's Teddy Bear. It's like, say it, you know? And um, they make you get in the car and the car's just been sitting out there and it's, it's Vegas, it's a desert. So it's dusty. And it was just, it was, it was wild. I mean, it was really bizarre, but it, we laughed the whole time. It was over and done in like 10 minutes. Um, and my husband and I were just celebrating with friends and family on the anniversary of our first date. So we were already married. We'd gotten married like, months before so that I could like get on his page two and be part of his orders and stuff. So. So sure, that's interesting. And <laughs> what did you do? Do you have a honeymoon or anything after you go out? In the yeah. Vegas? <laughs> I, um, yeah. Uh, uh, I want to say maybe like uh, that was February of 2018. My parents were like, Hey, we have this money. Like you need to go on this honeymoon. Like you have to take a trip somewhere. My husband, we, he couldn't get it approved. We wanted to go to Iceland. Um, but instead we went to Hawaii um, and so we could, cause it, you know, international travel or domestic travels, no big deal, but going out of the country, my husband had clearance problems, right? So he was like, he, he couldn't get it approved, um, based on the time and the work he was doing. So we, um, we went to Hawaii and we were there like right between uh, tropical storms. So we were there for a week, I want to say like just over a week. And um, I, I say that it's probably my husband's ploy to pick Hawaii orders because he's been stationed there before. But um, yeah, we will move there in July of this year. But we went to Hawaii and um, it was awesome. It was a great trip. Where else have you traveled in the States? I've been to a lot of the States. Um, uh, like, the, like, I mean, I've been to both Disney parks. Um, most recently, the most recent place I traveled was I finally went to New York City because I, uh, I have the Peloton bike which is pretty huge out here. And I was able to go ride in the studio um, pre-pandemic. That was uh, September of 2019, which is like the last trip I took. Um, we're four hours drive from Vegas and it's a one hour flight. Um, so I've been to Vegas a lot. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've traveled a, a lot. I, you know, I've traveled to Europe and stuff, but I mean, travel kind of slowed down as I became an adult and then it became, you know, on my bill. So I, I want to travel more. Um, and I'm excited to get to live in Hawaii for three years and do some inter, um, inter-island travel, which would be nice. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, you're a proud dog owner of a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel named... Bourdain? Yeah. Um, his name, he's named after Anthony Bourdain, uh, which my husband and I just always thought would be a really great name for a dog, the name Bourdain. My husband wanted a corgi, and corgis don't have the qualities that he wanted. Corgis are great, but they're not as affectionate as the kind of dog he wanted. I had a rescue when we started dating. Um, we had to put him down, unfortunately, last year. And uh, Cavaliers have always been my dream dog. So I said, okay, well, you're deploying. So I get what dog I want. Like, and so Bourdain just happened to be. So he is nine months old now. Um, and when he's not cute, he's kind of a menace. But, I mean, that's puppies for you. So Awesome. All right, let's go back to your – well, actually, let's talk about your career. So talk to me about how you graduated from, obviously, Northern Colorado – in 2010 and how it's all transpired to where you are now. Yeah, I, um, 
I went to that call. I picked that college specifically because it was a liberal arts college focused. Um, also, I didn't want to retake my ACTs. I don't standardize test well. Found out later in life it's because I've had undiagnosed ADHD. Thanks, mom and dad. Um, so I, I had a harder time in school, um, but I was always super creative. I wanted to be a graphic artist, which is why I chose that school. I took one semester of it. I was like, this is horrible. I don't like it. I'm not that creative, um, but I really enjoyed, I was a radio DJ because um, the radio station was across the street from my dorm. So I was a radio DJ all through college and I graduated. Uh, I didn't like being home. So I would do summer school and I just kept stacking my credits. And so I graduated a semester early. Um, I should have graduated in 2011, but I graduated in December of 2010. I just celebrated 10 years since graduating, which to me feels like a long time ago now that I think about it, but I, uh, I specialized in communications. I couldn't, I, I, I saw that broadcast couldn't be really lucrative at the time. A lot of conglomerates and iHeartMedia in the United States were basically just zapping up these radio stations and, and, and the career path was pretty bleak. I'd have to be in some small town in Colorado and you know, you don't make it to be like on a morning show. You have to like work your way up and work some really weird hours, some really weird jobs. So my sister was in advertising. I thought, well, I'll give it a go. Um, I wanted to be in PR and uh, I just fell into advertising, which then morphed into marketing and just kind of, I've taken odd jobs to fill the gaps, but um, I, I worked my way up. And then most recently was a marketing director of a branch of a fortune 500 company. Wow. How was the experience working there? I mean, it was good. It was good. I learned a lot. I was able to like use my skills. I mean, it's a bummer. Like marketing's the first to go. That's, you know, bummer, but it, I learned a lot. I really enjoyed it. Um, I worked for a, a fortune 500 company within the real estate aspect. So I was able to um, purchase a house cause I got free title and escrow. Um, cause I worked for a title insurance company. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like, I, I look back fondly on it. Like I'm still in touch with my coworkers and it was a really cool experience. Um, but you know, after getting laid off, I was like, I think marketing will always be part of what I do in my career because you have to market yourself and whatever. But after I got laid off, I started my podcast because it was like my worst fear had happened. I got laid off of course, because of the pandemic, but, um, it, it led me to do something super creative and like, I have to do a fair bit of my own boots on the ground marketing for it. So I just kind of was able to morph it into that. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, great insight to that. And talk about your podcast. Um, don't kick me out. What's the context and yeah, what's it about? Yeah. So I was looking for this podcast in particular, I was looking for a podcast that explained this phenomenon, this feeling that I had in my career where I just like couldn't accept my accomplishments. Like, and, um, you know, imposter syndrome, it, it sounds very scary, but it's really just, it's, uh, it's part of an, an anxiety. We as humans, we feel it. It's the fear of being found out to be a fraud. It's been around, or at least the coin, the term has been coined since the seventies. Um, more recently, it's become a lot more popular because it's been a buzzword. Um, but there was a podcast about it, but it was only for artists. And I was like, well, I know that more than just artists feel this way. Cause I feel this way in marketing. My friend feels this way as a nurse, my friend feels this way as, you know, an actor. Like I know that there's a lot of stories. And so I, uh, I just started, I begged my friends at first. I was like, please, like, will you be on my podcast? And now it's, it's cool because it's grown and it's grown and it's grown. And like the response of it has been really powerful because I've had people in their fifties being like, Hey, like I feel this feeling and now I have a name for it. And like, this has helped me. 
Um, so the podcast explores the idea of imposter syndrome. It defines it in all of these ways from my different guests. But then um, we talk about the idea of success and like where you're at in life. So it can kind of like help people relate and understand that it's totally okay to like not have it all figured out. Like that's totally fine. Yeah, excellent. Great, um, great insights. Um, tell me about obviously the next step in what you're doing in the future. So what is this going to be your main focus or? I mean, yeah, I, I, I say to people that I'll keep doing this as long as people want to interview. And as soon as they don't want to interview anymore, then we're done with it. But as far as what's next for my career and, and me, you know, um, my husband and I, uh, you know, we're moving to Hawaii. So I don't know what the job market's going to look like for me on the island. Um, and I don't really, I, I kind of have this hopeful place of, of, of privilege to be able to kind of figure out what I want to do next. Um, I have a strong tie to the military. I really believe in helping out um, my community. Um, that's really important to me. So, um, you know, there's 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 jobs and opportunities for that on the island. So I'm not really sure what I'm going to do next. But as far as podcasting goes, and people are still listening and people still want to interview, I'll keep doing it. What inspires you? I think that creativity and being authentic, like those are the things that inspire me. And I think we're pushing for such a more authentic uh, world, authentic society we live in. We're really pushing those, you know, norms. We're making sure that, you know, everyone has a seat at the table and inclusivity. So for me, like change and hope and all of that, that inspires me to always just be a good person and just do my best. Amazing. I'm not getting too political, but where do you see generally the United States position in the future? Obviously, as you mentioned pre-record, you're mentioning that obviously the changes happen. Where do you see your country going into the future? And well, Nick, I think we are right now. We are um, we're embarrassing. Like it, like I have to be honest. Like I mean, it's we are for and we have been for quite a long time the laughing stock. I mean, we had a president that was just ultimately horrible. Um, and uh, now we have a new one in office. And it's not to say that the next person's going to be able to undo, you know, all of the wrongdoings, but we have hope for the first time as Americans in a long time. Um, and so I hope that, you know, the next four years can repair a lot of that damage. But, you know, I always joke that America is like the croc sandal of like socks and sandals or like cargo shorts of the world. Like we are embarrassing. And I thought that before, Trump took office. So hopefully, you know, we can work on, um, you know, not being as as obnoxious. And like when I travel personally, I try not to be or look American because, you know, I, I try to like blend in as much as I can, like enjoy the culture, like learn things, because um, the biggest insult is being a stupid American. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. And you're a mad Denver Broncos fan. Talk to me about the NFL and your passion for that. Uh, I like sports in terms of the snacks provided. Um, I do love the Broncos. I've gone to three games in my lifetime. They're very expensive because the Broncos won the Super Bowl twice. Um, but I used to live uh, one train ride away. Um, my husband is a Chargers fan, and so uh, that's a rivalry. And so I've been to two, I, actually every Broncos game I've been to of the three was Broncos Chargers. Um, but I'm from Denver. Uh, that's where I identify as being from. Like I have it tattooed, the Skyline tattooed on my bicep. But there's just something about Broncos fans that are different 
And so moving to a city that has no sports team, because obviously like the LA Chargers, or they're not, they're now in LA or whatever. They're not like, they just tore down the stadium. So I don't, there's not really a sports team out here. People in San Diego are like super into Padres baseball. Um, and I went to a game and I was like, this isn't, this isn't my Rockies because I'm from Denver. So it's like, I'm all about all the Denver teams. I'm a huge Nuggets fan as well. Um, and I, it, it, it was so cool to like live in the city and like be able to go to all of these games. It was a really cool experience. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, what other hobbies, interests, and passions do you have besides that? Um, I am super crafty. Like I do different craft projects. I just got one of these Cricut machines, which is like basically it's like a it cuts out like shapes and stuff so you can use it to cut vinyl and then you can make like all sorts of stuff with it. So that's like something I've been recently more interested in um super huge into rupaul's drag race like when you say sports i almost said like well my sport is rupaul's drag race but but um i you know i have a bunch of different other hobbies like on sundays i play uh, drag bingo every sunday um with uh, a drag queen named charlie heights um and i have friends and we're like obsessed with doing that but as far as like hobbies i also have a nintendo switch i play a lot of animal crossing <laughs> and um, I'm really yeah. into music. Amazing. Um, yeah, thank you for coming on to my podcast. I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, I wish you all the best in the future, and I hope your podcast gets more subscribers and followers and you get a million down. <laughs> I hope so too, and um, yeah, you know, I would love to have you as a guest as well, Nick. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you, and to your audience, uh, yeah, hope you hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Take care. All right.